Our scripture reading comes to us from the gospel account of St. Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning in the twelfth verse. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus had heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Amphalee, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of, of, of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Melissa is with 73 of her closest friends that she didn't know were her closest friends today as the women are on their women's retreat. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because it it only takes your wife being gone for less than 24 hours for you to remember how much you appreciate her and how much she does. I will give you an example. My children are here this morning. They are here dressed with shoes on, which was a... There you go, because y'all remember my prayer request Wednesday night. Um, But beyond that, yeah, let's don't raise the expectations. Uh, The funny thing is, they're already hungry today. I just fed them yesterday. (laughs) I don't understand this, you know, because on Sunday mornings, let me go ahead and tell you what my typical Sunday schedule is. At 7.15, 7.30, I'm already here. I don't know how Melissa and the kids get to church on Sunday mornings. They just do. And I see them at some point in time, and I say, hello, and I'm glad you're here, and I go about everything that I need to do. This morning, I was not here at 7.15. I was not here at 7.30. In fact, I was not even here at 8.30. <laughs> which starts to get into a bind because worship's gonna start at 10 o'clock whether I'm ready or not. The other thing that I'm wanting to bring up, that has absolutely nothing to do with the sermon. I just wanted to share that with you. (laughs) Because Melissa's not here, so I'm kind of free for right now until she sees the video and until she comes home this afternoon because the good news is, is that after the women's retreat, she does have a coaches meeting in Oxford which gives us a little bit of time to get the house cleaned up because I don't know how it got in the predicament that it is in within 24 hours. I just know that it has. And I hope that part of this women's retreat has been on grace and patience. (laughs) Um, The other thing is, is I'm stalling because straight up, I have been for the past two weeks trying to figure out the opening to the sermon. 
and I still don't have it. And there's a little bit more pressure than just opening the sermon because I don't know if you know this or not, but Andrew does a really great job. He takes a clip of my sermon and pulls part of it out and, you know, makes it into this little short, little blippy thing that's on YouTube. And if you watch it, you go, wow, I look really good in that. Uh, but I need to give him a good opening line and I don't have one. So there's that extra pressure. Uh, here's the thing. I've been trying to figure out how to say this to where it makes sense. I've noticed a lot of things on social media where folks will post some meme or a phrase or, 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 or whatever, a snippet, where the basis of it is you do you. You, you, be, you be you. Do whatever you need to do to make you happy. Now, I, I want to, this is the reason I'm wanting to be careful. The reality is, is that the majority of us have pressures placed on us to be a certain way. Whether those pressures come from work, whether those pressures come from family or friends. And the reality is, is these pressures can start to really take their toll on us. When we are constantly trying to live into somebody else's expectation and those expectations don't align with who we are, that's not what I'm talking about. You need to be who God has created you to be. And if you will forgive me for being blunt this morning, your jobs and your careers and your titles and your education and your bank accounts and the cars that you drive and the homes that you live in and all of this other stuff does not make you who you are, okay? You are who God has created you to be. Everything else is just trimmings and trappings. But the reason why I bring this up is because in some of those posts, some of these posts that are coming from friends of mine who I know profess faith in Christ, who I know worship God, who will be in church this morning, will also say things like, well, you just gotta be you. Well, guys, I got news for you. There is not a single passage in the Gospels. There is not a single passage in any of the letters. There's not a single passage in the Old Testament where God ever says, you just do you, boo. In fact, what's in Scripture is a calling, is a calling to leave the life that we think we understand and follow a God who will bring us into something more than we have ever imagined. And the reality is, is that when we follow and we're not five steps behind, but we are actually abiding in Christ and Christ in us, then that will change us. I don't have to tell you that in order to follow Christ, there's things that you have to change because the reality is, is that's not true. That is not true. God meets us right where we are. God comes to us right where we are. God reveals himself to us right where we are. But God loves us too much to leave us where he finds us.
And the reality is, is once we abide in Christ and Christ in us, then there's going to be things that the Holy Spirit changes because there's going to be things that we're not going to want to do anymore. And there's going to be attitudes that are in our hearts that goes away because we start to understand the love and grace of God and we can't live like that anymore. God works a new creation. It's not simply about us getting all of our ducks in a row or lining everything up or getting that holy checklist correct. God makes us into a new creation. What we have been has gone away. And what we will be, it's not in the perfection that it will be at the, when Christ is all done with us, but it's being revealed a little bit more each day. Well, why does this have anything to do with the passage of scripture that we've read this morning? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I have. I've been working on this sermon for a while. See, here's the thing. We may want to talk about the fact that Jesus finds out that John the baptizer has been arrested and now then that Jesus is picking up the proclamation and saying, hey, the kingdom of God is here, here it is. And he calls uh, Simon Peter, he calls Andrew, he calls James, he calls John. And we talk about where they were and what they were doing and all that's great and wonderful. But here's the whole point. When Jesus called Simon Peter, when Jesus called Andrew, when Jesus called James and when Jesus called John, in fact, when Jesus called every one of the disciples, they had to leave something. Andrew and Peter and James and John did not go, oh, here's Jesus and I recognize that he's the Messiah, but I'm just gonna stay on this boat. I'm gonna keep on fishing and I'm gonna keep on doing life the way I've been doing it for the past however many years. They left something. They gave something up in order to follow Christ. And guys, I got news for you. We have made a very comfortable faith. We have packaged Christianity in a way where we will sell it. We will sell it on Sunday mornings. We will sell it on Facebook. We will sell it in advertisements because what we have packaged is you come to this place at this time and we will give you a faith that is comfortable, that salves all of your issues and all of your worries. We have made a faith that is little more than a self-help. And we have not required a single thing. Well, guys... I don't require anything because my name's Kevin. I am not Jesus. No one has ever mistaken me for the Christ. I know that's a shock, especially with my bald spot. With the lights go, it looks like I have a halo. I promise it's not a halo. It's just the reflection off my bald spot. But you see, there's a funny thing about God. God gets right in the middle of life. And God, God doesn't just pat us on the back and say, you go do you. God goes, you know, I created you. And I created you in my very own image. And I created you with a purpose. And I gave you a, a an eternal spirit. And I have knit you together in your mother's womb. I know all the hairs on your head. 
Again, for me, that is not quite so much of a miraculous thing. But for some of you, I mean, that's pretty good, right? I know all of your days. I know everything you've ever done. I even know everything you ever will do. And regardless, I love you. I'm covering you. And I'm holding you. And I want something more for you. I want something that can't be contained simply in this life or in this world or with your own understandings. I want something that is going to breathe life into you, real life, eternal life. And I'm calling you and inviting you to let go of what you think you know and trust me where you haven't seen yet. The amazing thing about this passage of scripture is that it just seems like Jesus walks by the shore, looks up and sees Simon Peter. Simon Peter doesn't know Jesus, but Jesus already knows him. Sees Andrew there and he goes, hey guys, Y'all are some really good fishermen. I want you to come follow me. I want you to leave your nets. I want you to leave your boats. I want you to leave your business. I want you to leave your income. I want you to leave your security. I want you to leave everything that you know. And I want you to come follow me because I'm going to make you fish for people. And it's going to be amazing. And the miraculous thing is, they said, okay, <laughs> and left. He goes on a little further and he see, sees James and John fishing with their dad. Now that's a fun little thing. Fishing with your dad. And all of a sudden this crazy guy with long hair wearing sandals looks up at him and says, hey, James and John, you don't know me, but I know you. I, I, I want you to leave your dad. Leave your dad. Leave your family business. Don't be a good don't, 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 be a, don't, don't be a good son in the family. I want you to come traipsing off with me all over the place. Because I've got Simon Peter here and Andrew. Y'all haven't met yet. Y'all are going to be really good friends. I want, I want to make you fish for people too. And they said, okay. And if we kept reading, we would find out that Jesus isn't just calling people off of boats. He goes up to this guy named Matthew who's working for the IRS, collecting taxes, walks right into his office and says, hey, Matthew, I need you to please leave your government secure job and your pension plan, and I want you to come follow me. And Matthew goes, okay, and leaves. And you know what? He even calls this fellow by the name of Judas. You ever heard of him? Before Judas knew who Jesus was, before Judas even knew he would betray Christ for 30 bucks, Jesus knew he would. And he still called him. And he still invited him. And he still wanted something more for him. 
So guys, if you want an easy faith and an easy religion, I don't, I don't have that for you. There's plenty of places you can go that preach a prosperity gospel that just tells you that God wants everything for you and that new car and that new house and that new whatever. If you just believe it and pray it and claim it, then it'll be yours. And if you don't believe it and if you don't get it, it's because you don't have enough faith. That is hogwash. Tell me that Mary, the Holy Mother of God, is not blessed among all people. So blessed she got to see her son crucified. It doesn't really, the prosperity gospel doesn't really line up with what the scriptures say. But if you want to stand amazed in the presence of God, if you want things in your life that does not make sense, that cannot be worked out by your own power and your own understanding, then I've got something to share with you. But here's the truth. It's gonna cost you something. You're going to have to give up what you think you know. You're gonna have to give up all the checks and balances and security and understanding. And you're going to have to be willing to take a walk with a living God who still shows up in the most unexpected places at the most unexpected times in the most unexpected ways and calls us to the most unexpected purposes and places us in the most unconventional situations and invites us to cast a net that doesn't just change our lives, but changes the world. That's the beginning of faith. You thought the beginning of faith was, profess was believing that Jesus is who Jesus says he is. Got news for you, even Satan knows that. Faith is when we actually start to live what it is we profess to believe. And guys, I love you, but you can't do that. Stay in on your boat and doing the same old things. Because every time Christ has ever called anybody from scriptures to us, the calling has always been to let go of something and go in a new direction. That's the beginning of a brand new life. That's the invitation of faith. So the only thing I have to offer is the grace and love of God in a direction that you've never considered before. All in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m., and we would love to meet you. 
I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.